open <clears throat> your Bibles to the book of Philippians. We're going to continue our study <clears throat> with the book of Philippians this morning. First chapter. Going to pick up last week. We kind of took a step back and, man, Pastor Brad gave us an awesome challenge about being a mighty man of God. And, uh, boy, that's really been stirring in my heart and uh, realizing how far I am from being that, but nonetheless have the, the desire uh, to, to actually become that man that, that God would have me to be. But as we pick up our study in, in the book of Philippians, I was uh, uh, just thinking about <clears throat> what, what the Lord would have uh, for us this morning and what He has to say to us from, uh, from this book. Uh, I was thinking about an experience I had in my life about four years ago. I was at uh, I was at one of our I was at one of our job sites up north of Natchitoches, and it was a cold, dreary kind of misting rain November day. And about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, we we were right beside Highway One there. Uh, our job site, and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, this guy, obviously a, a homeless guy, had this big old military-style backpack on, and he, he, walked up, he walked up to the, to the job trailer there, our, our little uh, office trailer, and he, and he pulled an empty water bottle out of his pocket, and he said, could you give me a drink of water, please? And I said, sure, I, we'll be glad to. So we gave him some water, and... I talked to him a little bit, and I said, well, got his name, and, and uh, I said, uh, would you like something to eat? He said, well, I, you know, I haven't eaten today. And so I rummaged around, and I don't know, some baena sausage or something, you know, with you, <laughs> and crackers, and, and he ate. And I said, well, would you like some coffee? And he said, man, I'd love some coffee. So got him some coffee, and and. He just kind of hung around for about an hour or so, and, and then he left. He said, well, I, I best be on my way, and he left. Man, it was just like the Holy Spirit was just stirring in me, saying, you didn't do all I needed you to do with it, man. And, and I tried to pass it off, and so Lord, I got a job to do here, I, you know, and all, all that. And so, man, it just kept on and kept on. And, and finally, I, I said, Lord, I'm going to look for him. Please let me find him. And I told the guys, I said, man, I'm out of here for the day. I'll be back tomorrow. And so I'm, I'm driving down the road, and, and the, the way he went, looking for him, and, and, and there's a railroad track, maybe 100 yards, that runs parallel with the road. And, and, I, and I just look over, and there's Charlie walking down the railroad track. So I stop, and, and I said, you know, come on, Charlie, come on, I'm going to give you a ride. And so he comes and he puts his backpack in my truck. And I'm like, well, where are you headed? Or where are you going? And he says, well, tonight I'm going to try to, I was thinking I'd try to make it up. There's a, I, maybe find an old building or, or somewhere that I can get in for the night. It's going to be cold and rainy tonight. So I'm driving home and I said, nah, he can't, he can't do that. So I, so I called Joy. I said, we're having company for dinner tonight. <laughs> 
And she says, okay. I mean, that's really not that unusual, believe it or not. So we get, we get home, and I, I call Daryl and Tammy and to invite them to come over to the house. And so we're, we're sitting there at, at the dinner table. And, you know, we've had a good meal, you know, I don't know, gumbo or, you know, something like that on a good cold day. And we're sitting there, and, and I said, well, well, Charlie, ultimately, where, where are you? He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Florida. I said, okay. So we sit there a little while, and I said, Charlie, why don't, why don't I buy you a bus ticket tomorrow to Florida? He said, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I, I don't want you to buy me a bus ticket. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't particularly like to ride a bus either. Maybe he don't, you know, he's got a problem with that. And so we're sitting there, and, and Daryl says, Charlie, I've got a son in Florida. I'll take you to Florida, and then I'll visit my son while I'm there. And, and I'll never forget, Ch Charlie was sitting there kind of with his head down, and, and when Daryl said that, he looked up and he said, you don't understand. I don't want to be in Florida. I want to go to Florida. I'm going to tell you something. A light came on for me. Because for Charlie, it was not all about the destination. It was about the journey. He wanted the experience of going. He was coming from New Mexico or I don't know, Montana, somewhere out there, but he was, he was, he was going to Florida. And, and, and he just he wanted that experience. That, that's where he was going. Well, he, he wound up, he, he hung around for about two weeks. He, he stayed around for about two weeks, and, and man, he got all rested up. And, and one day, Charlie was gone. He, he continued his journey. And I got to thinking, you know what? I learned something from Charlie. Because here, here's the thing. We get so caught up with, with thinking about the destination sometimes in our life that we forget to enjoy the journey. And, and that's, that's what Paul is talking about as we pick up our study in the book of Philippians about enjoying the journey, learning how to enjoy this, this journey that we call life, this, this Christian process that, that we call uh, it, it, the, the Christian life. It, it's a journey. And, and, and sometimes I think we just get ca so caught up, you know, looking at, I mean, ultimately at, at, at the destination, heaven, where we want to end up, that, that we lose sight of what God has for us here and now, and we fail to enjoy the journey that He has now. I'll be the first to tell you, I have not completely learned this. Because I, you know what, it's so easy to get bogged down in the day-to-day -day stuff. That, that we lose sight of what God is, is wanting to do in our lives. And so as I was thinking about this and how we could enjoy this journey and how we could learn how to enjoy this journey, there, there were some things that I saw in this passage. And the first one is this. If we're going to learn to enjoy the journey, we've got to learn to have an eternal perspective look with me in verse number 19 he says for I know this for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ and he goes on and he, in verse 20 and he says according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed 
but that with all boldness as always. So now also, get watch this. Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. I'm telling you, that's an eternal perspective. That's what Paul is saying. Look, it doesn't matter what's going on here, whether I live or whether I die. The main thing is that Christ be honored, that Christ be glorified. When Ronald Reagan was president, he... uh, he, he, he was challenged by a college student one day. And a college student was saying, you know, Mr. President, you, your generation, your generation will never be able to understand my generation. Because when you grew up, you didn't have television. You didn't have computers. You didn't have, you know, uh, space travel. You didn't have jet planes. You, you didn't have nuclear energy, you know, and he was just going on and on. And finally, when he stopped to catch his breath, President Reagan said, you're right, son. My generation, growing up, we didn't have any of that. We invented it. <laughs> now, that's a perspective, right? You, you know, it's, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to see beyond the lens or the scope of what's happening to us and uh, you know at, at at this at this stage of our life and, and and so you know Paul had learned that that it that he he could look beyond what was going on in his life at that moment that he could look beyond what was happening. Uh, listen, he, here's the thing: Paul had learned that that he was more concerned about what was happening through him than what was happening to him. And that's a lesson that I need to learn. And I suspect I'm probably not the only one that needs to learn that. To learn that, that to have that kind of eternal perspective is to be more concerned about what's going on, uh, what's happening through us rather than what's happening to us. But more often than not, we're so caught up in what's happening to us that we don't understand what God is wanting to do through us. An eternal perspective. You know, I, I was thinking about this and, and thinking that, that, you know, that, man, w- w- if something happened that most people would look at and normally think that it was something negative, and, and, yet, and yet God was wanting to take that and make something positive. Like, like if, if, if maybe you were having some health issues and, and, and wound up where the, the medical staff heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or, you know, I don't know, somebody maybe uh, criticizes you or, or, or hurts you in some way, and instead of responding in kind, you, 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 you show grace and mercy and, and love. I was meditating on this the other day. I was meditating on this very thought and, and thinking how, you know, how would that apply to, to my life today and how it applies to where we live today. And as I was just sitting at my desk meditating on these very thoughts, the joy called and said, honey, I think the car's tearing up. I'm like, okay, all right. I no sooner than hung up the phone with her that I get another call and one of my superintendents called me and said, there's been an injury on, on one of our jobs. We've called an ambulance. We don't know the extent. Well, the good news is the car's okay and the guy's okay. 
But here's what I'm thinking. I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. Here's what I'm thinking. Lord, I don't really want to live this stuff. I just want to preach it, okay? <laughs> but, but that's the thing about the Lord. He doesn't let us get away with just talking about it, does he? He, he wants to take us through those things. And so that, that, that what's really on the inside can, can come out of us. And, and so, you know, that, that's, a, that's something that Paul had learned is that, that he had learned that what, it didn't matter what was going on in him. What mattered is, is how God was being glorified in his life. You know, his, his dream for a long time, Paul's dream for a long time had been to go to Rome. He, he, wanted, he, he wanted because Rome was, was the most powerful city on earth at that time. And, and he wanted to go to Rome and he wanted to preach the gospel. Man, here's kind of what I can imagine he was thinking. You know what? I'll get to Rome. I'll rent the Colosseum. We'll have a five-day crusade. I'll get George Beverly Shea to sing Just As I Am, and the whole city will turn to Christ. Well, Paul got to Rome, okay? In fact, he wrote this letter to the church at Philippi from Rome, from prison handcuffed to the emperor's guard. But you know what, Paul? It, now, how, you, you know, there's a show that comes on TV. John Quinona says, you know, what would you do? Well, I got to think, what would I do? I'd probably be sitting there, you know, with, with handcuffed on, you know. Don't pull on me. I, I'd probably be sitting there thinking, you know, Lord, I tried. I, you know, Lord, I, I I wanted to do this for you, but here I am, shut up in prison. I can't do anything. No, man, this this energized him. He he was excited about what was going on. He was saying, "Look, man, I get to talk to the people who were the closest to Nero. I'm the one who gets to shit. Don't you know? Can you imagine what it would have been like being handcuffed to Apostle Paul?" Don't you know you heard some Jesus every day, every day. And, and, and not only that, not only that, uh, because of Paul's boldness, because of what was going on in Paul's life, other Christians in Rome were becoming bolder about sharing the gospel. And, and not only that, there were people who were, who were out there preaching, even some, if some of the preachers had questionable motives what Paul said doesn't matter why you're doing it what matters is that the gospel of Jesus is being preached and that he is being honored and glorified that's what matters that's what matters and so man he had an eternal perspective I got to thinking about that how do you do that how do you how do you develop that kind of eternal perspective, especially when things are just going crazy in our life? I remember been a long time ago. I was I was teaching our I was trying to teach our daughter how to drive, and I I, I was watching. Because it was just, I mean, she was just like, it was just crazy. I, I ain't kidding you. And, but I was, and I, I was watching it. I mean, she was looking just right over the hood. You know, I mean, just right there. 
and, and I mean, she was all over the road, scared me half to death. And, and so I'm like, man, look up a little bit. Look, look a little further down the road. So, so she did. Still can't drive, but, but she can see the big picture now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's it. Because sometimes we're just looking right over the hood of our life. And we're not looking at the big picture. We're not looking at what's down the road and what God wants to do. You know, if we're going to learn to enjoy this journey called the Christian life, we've got to learn to have an eternal perspective. That Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That's the same thing as saying, I'm not nearly as concerned about what's happening to me as I am about what's happening through me. And if we're going to enjoy this, this thing called life, the, the Christian life, we're going to have to learn how to have an eternal perspective. But something else, we've got to have an eternal purpose. Man, th- this, is, this is the anchor verse for me in this whole chapter. In fact, the whole book, it says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ, but to die is is gained. One of the keys to learning how to enjoy this journey is to understand that that you have been placed on this planet for a purpose. If you have a pulse, and I assume most of you do, if you have a pulse, then you have a purpose. Because you see, God doesn't create without a purpose. It's not like God was just sitting around heaven one day and got bored and said, you know what, I think I'm just going to create some stuff. No, everything God has ever created, He created for a purpose, with a purpose. And that includes you, and that includes me. If you're on this planet, then you have a purpose. I... I cringe every time I hear somebody say something about an illegitimate child. Let me just tell you something. I don't believe there's any such thing as an illegitimate child. There are only illegitimate parents. But God brings life for a purpose. God brings life for for a purpose. And and you were created for a purpose. And, and, And for us to... To, to learn how to enjoy this journey. We, we have to learn uh, that, that we have an eternal purpose and, and that God has placed us here for, for a purpose. And, and, and you say, well, Pastor, that sounds good. How, how do I do that? How do I, how do I find that purpose? Well, one of the ways that we do it here at, at, at Family of Grace is, is, is we do something. Maybe you've heard this before. Connect, grow, serve, and lead. Connect, grow, serve, and lead. You connect with with God. You connect with other Christians. You connect with the church. You can see it there on the screen where where we get get connected. 
That's the place to start. That's where you get on, <laughs> okay? Well, you, you, you know, you, you, you get a relationship with the Lord. You get a relationship with, with other believers. You get a, a relationship with, with a family of believers. And so you get connected. But, but you know what? It doesn't end there. That's not the stopping point. Listen, God didn't just, you know, save you for you to sit, soak, sour, and split. No, God saved you in order for you to grow to a place where you can begin to serve. You, you, you get connected. You begin to grow. As you begin to grow, and, and we have we we have ways to do. We have classes, man. We connect. That's our one hundred and one. We're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna be hearing more and, and more about that. That's that's the place where you find out who we are and what we believe and why we believe it and and how we do church and, and all of that. And then then it moves on around to grow. And that that's a discipling process where where somebody's just uh, pouring life into you, pouring the the life of Christ into you and. And, and, and you grow to the place where you begin to serve. And as you begin to serve, one of the things that will begin to rise to the top will be your spiritual gifts and how God has wired you up and, and how He wants to use you in His kingdom's work. And, but it doesn't end there. It goes on to where then you grow to a place of maturity where you take somebody by the hand and you begin to walk with them around this diamond. See, that's the way. Connect, we grow, we serve, we lead. That's how we discover our purpose. That's, that's how we fulfill our purpose. That's, that's how we do the things that, that, that God has is, is, is put us here to do. And, and, and so, the, you, you know, the, the Christian life, I'm afraid, for many people, it is something that just happens to, to us instead of it being intentional, instead of it being purposeful in, in our life. Look at verse number 22. He goes on there. In verse number 22, he says, But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. Verse 23, For, for I'm in the straight between... What are you all doing to me here on the versions? <laughs> for I'm in the straight between two having a desire to depart and to be with Christ which is far better for me personally. Nevertheless, to be able in the flesh is more needful for you. Paul said, I'd a lot rather go be with Jesus. That'd be better for me. But I need to stay here and walk with you a little more. Because you're not quite where you need to be. For Paul... It was all about Jesus. Living for Jesus meant bearing spiritual fruit. It meant great blessing in his life. It meant great encouragement to other believers. But dying, that was even better for him. That was even better. It was a win-win situation. And so there's this challenge that Paul issues to you and me this morning. How would you fill in this blank? For me to live is... How would you fill it in? For me to live is... Work, 
for me to live is what? Family. I, I was talking to somebody last week. They said, my kids are my life. For me to live is just make it to the weekend. It's funny you read Facebook. It starts on Monday, counting it down to Friday. Like, come on. For me to live is what? Purpose. For Paul, it was life was Christ. Everything he was, everything he did, it was Christ. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. And even though he understood that his days were numbered, he had reasons to stay and to serve and to work and to continue that, that purpose. And you know what? You and I, we have the same mission. We have the same exciting challenge that, that, that Paul had. We, we have the same purpose, which is to glorify God, whether it's in our life or, or in our death. <clears throat> Excuse me. Christianity is not to be a stagnant faith. It's, it, listen, we're to be growing forward like we sang about earlier, moving forward in this thing called the Christian life. We never get to a point in our walk with the Lord, in our maturity, and in our Christian life where we say, <clears throat> I have arrived. I mean, this is it. No, let me tell you something. In your Christian life, you're always moving, whether it's forwards or backwards. You never get to a place to where you just stop and say, this is it. Because when you stop, guess what? You're backing up. So we've got to be moving forward. And that's, that's what Paul was saying. Look, if it was up to me, I'd go be with Jesus because that's better, man. It doesn't get any better than that. But I'm going to stay with you for a while so that I can help you progress in the faith that God has for you. Man, we have set before us a race to run, a prize to claim. That's why we have to live like we're dying. <laughs> we have to live like we're dying. But when we do that, we keep the important stuff, the important stuff. We keep the main thing, the main thing. And we live with eternal purpose. There's one other thing. One other thing we got to have if we're going to learn to enjoy this journey, and it's an eternal passion. An eternal passion. Living with that eternal passion. Let's pick it up in verse number 27. Paul um, tells us, verse number 27 says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together, striving together for the faith. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That, that word conversation in the King James is an interesting word because it actually means way of life. You see, what, what we do speaks so loud, nobody's going to hear what we say anyway. It, it's communicating. 
and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of, <clears throat> and that of God. <clears throat> Having the same conflict, conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Same thing. Stand firm. One mind. One spirit. One mind. That's unity. Passion. You see, passion connects with passion. Many people are at this church because you're passionate about the same things that we're passionate about as a church. And that's what brought you here. Passion. I love to hear people talk about things they're passionate about. I don't care if I don't even like it, you know. If they're passionate about it, it I don't know, it's just exciting to me. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's knitting, okay? If you're passionate about it, you know, it's like, man, did you see the way that yarn was rolling off of that roll out of the basket, coming right up through that needle, and I was making that look, you know. I don't know. Just this past week, we, we've been doing some renovating on our house, and, and we had the alarm people come out and work, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody as passionate about alarms as the guy that came <laughs> and did our house. Because it was like, Four o'clock in the afternoon, it's 110 degrees outside, and he had to go in the attic, and you could hear him up there, you know, all that. He came out, and he's like, man, I had to get that wire from over here to over here, and I got it, and I pulled it down and hooked it up. And I'm like, Joy and I are looking at each other like, he's a little too excited about this. <laughs> but, but, but isn't it, I mean, isn't it really, isn't it fun to be around somebody who's just passionate about what they're doing? That's why we have to be passionate about this thing called the Christian life. Because passion connects with passion. It's contagious. It's contagious. Passion connects with passion. And, folks, it, it takes courage to live this thing called the Christian life. My mom, bless her heart, she's well up in her 80s. She was telling me not too long ago we was visiting with her, and she said, son, I'm going to tell you something. This getting old business ain't for sissies. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. This Christian life business, it ain't for sissies. And we got we got to live with the, with an eternal perspective, an eternal purpose, an eternal passion. Paul's living his life with passion. I mean, that... that I tell you what I was thinking about when this alarm guy was just getting so excited about things that, that he was doing that I had no idea what he was doing. I can just imagine that that, that must have been what the guards was like being handcuffed to Paul, you know. <laughs> you know. Passion. Are you passionate about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Man, and it's just keeping the important things best way I some somebody somebody told me this this week and man it's just it, it was just man it was just
just incredible as I was thinking about it. They said, you can't be a judge and a witness at the same time. And I got to thinking about that. I'm like, man, that is so true. You can't be a judge and a witness. What are we called to be? A witness. And the only way to really be that kind of witness is to understand that eternal perspective. To understand that eternal purpose that we have. And to live it out with this eternal passion. So I want to challenge you this morning. For me, to live is perspective, purpose, passion, love. All, all those things are necessary. But there's only one thing that goes in that basket, and that's Christ. And when Christ is where he needs to be in your life and mine, then those other things will become.